Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Rob Thrasher, Spotlight on Success. We uh, are happy to announce today that this is our first and what will hopefully be a, a recurring, hopefully maybe never-ending series uh, we call our Military Tribute. So what we're doing is we're looking for successful former military people or existing uh, military people who are either running their own business or whatever degree of success they've achieved, we want to know about it. We want to learn, like we always do on Spotlight on Success, we want to learn about their background, their family background, and any kind of information that lends toward, you know, how they got where they are, what made them want to start a company, and uh, where they're headed in the future. So what we're going to do first is just tell you we have Drew McEwen here. He's a former Navy nuke. He's the founder of his own financial company called Falcon Financial, Inc. Sorry about that, Falcon Financial, Inc., which is based in Union, Washington, and also is in downtown Seattle, Washington. Uh, Drew has a strong business sales and financial background in his family, which is what we typically find with these sort of things. Um, Drew would do research for his dad and, and call back with the research before the days of the Internet when this stuff was all out there. He would do research and send, and, and Drew can elaborate on this, but he basically would send intelligence back to his dad, and his dad, I think, would trade stocks based on his stuff Drew sent back. Drew's from a small town of Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. Population over there is about 8,000. I looked it up. That's a pretty small town. Not yep. smaller than us. <laughs> That's uh, uh, 8,000 is pretty pretty small, but it's not smaller than the village where I grew up in upstate New York. So I got you on that one. <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew, um, like a, a lot of successful business founders, he believes in carefully hand selecting his client base. Uh, a lot of people, as Drew explained, they'll take everybody who walks through the door and care about nobody. And what happens is you have a higher fallout rate and you just have to keep filling that funnel constantly uh, rather than first and foremost making sure that your existing companies are, are happy with what you're doing and even adding on to, to their portfolios rather than seeking new companies all the time. Now, some people believe in just a constant influx of new companies. I don't know. I've seen get get wealthy doing that. But I think long term if you want something that you'll have forever um, and you treat the business like kind of like your baby and you try to, you want to nourish it and and grow it, you don't want to have a, it costs a lot more to get new customers than it does to keep existing ones, I think is the theory that Drew goes by. So uh, without any further ado, I'll just say, hey, Drew, how you doing? Great. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Sure. Now, <clears throat> usually what we do is we kind of have a, everybody, I'm sorry, I have a little, a little sore throat, a little cold thing going on here, so I apologize for that annoyance in advance. Um, so usually what we do, Drew, is we have a, a past, present, and future, the past going back to the family history and kind of what led you to where you are, but I, what we're going to do with the military tribute, and by the way, thank you for your service. The first thing Absolutely. I want to do is talk about your military service and talk about Navy Nuke. There's probably people out there that have never heard of it, and um, <laughs> tell me about your Navy service. When did you go in? Yeah, I went in uh, pretty much right out of high school, um, the, and uh, yeah, it's kind of ironic. I, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, I always had intended to go uh, right into college out of, uh, you know, right out of high school and everything. In fact, I was accepted to uh, my uh, college of first choice, which is uh, actually a little bit in your neck of the woods, St. Bonaventure University, and uh, I had my heart set on uh, on playing uh, Division One hockey. And I guess a real long story short, there. My uh, senior year of high school, my game kind of fell apart, and I uh, 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 literally out of clear blue just kind of scuttled my plans and uh, uh, decided to uh, just go into the Navy and uh, go that route. And um, so I, I did that and went into the nuclear program. And 
boy, I got uh, more education than I ever dreamed I would uh, going through that process. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was never one to be uh, to be studying. And those that have been in the the, the the program or know something about it know that uh you're spending 40 50 hours a week outside of uh school uh just outside your regular schooling just uh studying and uh keeping current so i uh i did a little baptism by fire on myself but uh, uh so I, I went through that pipeline and um you know graduated from it obviously and then uh was uh assigned to uh the uss nevada um a trident uh, submarine out of bangor washington and uh uh, moved then from uh, upstate New York, where I did uh, my prototype, and uh, went out to the uh, the submarine service, where I spent my next uh, four years. So I did a total of six years in the uh, in the Navy, and uh, glad I did it. And uh, it was uh, it was an education in more ways than one, both the nuclear side and the military side. And uh, um, I've drawn on that a lot uh, just in uh, in my life since then. So. Um, in a nutshell, that was uh, that was that. I was in the electrician program within the nuclear program, so that was my uh, my rating. And uh, um, I uh, had a window there to get out. I had uh, two young boys, um, a two-year-old and a two-week-old, and I had a chance to get out, and I took it. <laughs> so um, uh, I just felt it was either it was either then or never. So um, that was. Uh, but I'm glad I did it. It was uh, it was a great experience. It's a pretty tough program. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's you, a little grueling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell tell the tell us as, as much as you can about the prototype part. I think also if anybody um wants to look this up in more detail, there's a pretty detailed and in, in, in um lengthy de- description of the Navy Nuclear Power Program at about.com. They have a former nuke in there right and all that. And um it's a, it's a pretty good description. You just just search for uh, Navy Nuclear Power Program and uh, and about.com you'll find some good stuff in there. But well, can you tell us a little bit about Prototype, Drew, real quick? Yeah, yeah. Prototype is when you uh, you go from uh, book learning to uh, hands-on learning application, and uh, you're in an actual uh, plant and operating it. It's uh, most of them are uh, mock-ups of a ship or a submarine. And I went to uh, Balsam Spa, New York, uh, which is just outside of Saratoga Springs, and uh, um, I was on the D1G plant, which is a uh, uh, destroyer uh, platform and uh, did my uh, my prototype on there and that's when you that is your final qualification to be a quote unquote nuke. Uh, it's about a six month uh, time frame. You got to qualify the various uh, watch stations and uh, um, and, and you you got to learn the plant and. I went, uh, those have been the program, no, you study one type of plant uh, going through the school, and then you go to prototype, and uh, in my case, it was a completely different uh, plant than what we had learned, and uh, so that was an added uh, um, stress level when you're uh, young and not quite sure what you're doing, <laughs> but I <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, uh, went through that, and I was actually, you know, uh, um, it was just uh, sheer luck, and uh, it worked out great. I uh, that that plant at that time, for uh, various reasons, was uh, doing. Um, they were accelerating the uh, the depletion of the uh, uranium on it, and uh, um, what I'm getting at there is I, my class was very fortunate. We were one of the few classes that did not have to do uh, shift work. We had a uh, we had a 12-hour day, but uh, we never had to do the uh, the midnight stuff and the weekend stuff. We were a Monday through Friday. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. class, and uh, one of the one of the few that got to go through the system with uh, somewhat of a regular schedule. So that was fun. And New York was a great place. Loved the skiing, and uh, I was there basically for the winter. And um, again, I'm a hockey guy, and uh, had a lot of that around there. Got to play in a league in upstate New York, so it was a it was a fun time. Cool. Wow. 
that's uh that's cool enough right there we're done here <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool um so tell me a little bit about your background actually when you got out of the navy what was your uh what rank were you i was in e5 uh second class okay petty officer second class cool um let's talk a little bit about your your kind of family history and how that sure. might have contributed to your your business and your entrepreneurship and I mean, even in some ways, you, your success in the nuclear power program, which is something that not too many people can tell. Um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your dad had a company, right? Yeah, Tell me um, about your dad's it, background a little bit. Sure, he um, you know, and, and coincidentally, backtracking a little bit, my uh, my grandfather was uh, was a Navy vet, and that kind of had an influence on uh, when I decided um, to uh, shift my uh, my focus my uh, late in uh, high school. So that was a little bit of an influence go. there. My other grandfather was in yeah, was in the Army Air Corps, so there was a little bit of military history there. But uh, no, my uh, my father um, was always in insurance, uh, worked for a couple of different companies while I was growing up, and uh, I don't remember the exact time frame. It was uh, somewhere around that eighth, ninth grade uh, uh, period where uh, uh, my dad uh, uh, resigned from the company he was working for and uh, um, walked out that door and opened a new one and started a uh, company with a partner and. Uh, went from there but uh you know prior to that i mean my father had always been uh, uh been big into uh, uh investing in the stock market in various ways and uh uh you know in times uh, times were different then uh, we we did not have the internet and uh you know and even getting a quote back then um was really different it, to get a live quote was very very hard and uh as it was a different environment, it's, it's even hard to remember what it was, and it's just so different than than what it is today. But uh, so growing up, my dad he always had uh, I, I I think my dad always had the uh, the inclination to go into uh, business for himself, and um, so he always kind of got that vibe. And uh, you know he uh, he he made additional money um, actively uh, trading in the market um, in addition to his job, and um, I I got passed. Um, I was paid a a meager, uh, meager amount of money, but it was a great learning experience. He uh, he would give me uh, research assignments, and uh, especially in the summer. And uh, this was when, uh, you know, uh, uh, boy, CNBC originally I think was called FNC way back in the when it, in its infancy in the uh, mid mid to late 80s, and uh, that was one of the few places you could get um, real time uh, data on the market and. Um, I had a list of things that he needed to know, and I'd sit there and watch that, and uh, watch the ticker going across there, and I'd jot down the stuff and call him with it, and based on that information, he'd do whatever uh, you know he was looking to do. So I don't think I realized uh, the significance of what I was telling him at the time. You know and that there was uh, there, that there was money involved. <laughs> you know, but uh, maybe it's better that I didn't know. <laughs> you know but uh, so uh, that that was uh, yeah. I, I guess you could say I got my uh, start in this business in a, uh, as a research analyst at a very young age. And uh, but I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was good. And um, you know, growing up, I had a great family. Um, you know, my my parents were great. And. Uh, I, um, you know, nothing. Uh, nothing was handed to me, but um, you know, I uh, I had a, what I think would be characterized as a typical Midwest middle class uh, in our uh, lifestyle. And uh, you know, growing up in a small town, I did the paper route thing from uh, sixth grade on. That was really where I, you know, um, made my uh, made my fun money as a as a kid. And uh, was with the Milwaukee Sentinel. Would do that uh, six days a week from five in the morning, and then. Uh, 
go to school and uh, I was in the sports and all that. So, you know, I looking back, almost wondered did I work more then than I do now. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, um, again, my, my my dad made that move and uh, went into uh, business for himself. I, I think that did have a significant impact on me, and I just like the idea of. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's the right phrase, but being in control, um, if nothing else, at least having, you know, th- that responsibility, um, you know, and, and that flexibility. I, you know, I'm always careful to say, you know, that you, you have control of your time because it's it's what you make of it. Right. And uh, there's there's people that, uh, that are self-employed or have started a business and, uh, you know, work uh, 20 hours a day, but... Uh, working effectively you got other people that work uh, a couple hours a day and do absolutely nothing <laughs> and i think the, the the key segment in there are the ones that work really smart and right. uh you know right. and do it with the uh i don't want to say the least amount of time but they certainly manage their time better and that's where i'm always striving to be at and you know i'd rather um um, I'd rather have control of my time in that regards as opposed to being right. told to sit behind the desk from uh, 8 to 5 um, right. You know, if I want to come in at five, I'll do that, and uh, that, that, that's one of the things I thoroughly enjoy. And you know, having uh, I got two sons, and you know, the flexibility to uh, to uh, go and do things with them or go to their sporting events is uh, you can't put a price on that. So um, I, I, that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. Uh, but um, um, again, that, I would just say, you know, my uh, growing up I had a great family, and that was probably a, a huge uh, huge factor in. Uh, um, you know where where I've gotten to today. Sure, that's um that's one of the biggest factors actually. Is that, is that people who tend towards entrepreneurial entrepreneurship entrepreneurship <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurism? How's that sound a little better? We'll have to yeah. check that out. Uh, anyway, people who tend towards that are are people who really dislike other people dictating their time so so strictly and so rigidly and and a lot of the times it's family based as well if you want to spend time with your family you want to be able to to go to the sporting events you know and it's a catch-22 for for entrepreneurs because the fact of the matter is that you control your own time until that one big customer calls and says you will be here at this time i need you <laughs> right <laughs> then then your family doesn't understand you're like well I, I thought you made your own schedule it's like yeah well this guy trumps all that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, you know and, the, uh, and the flip side of it is too. You know, having control of your time, you also have control of your paycheck, which is uh, good and bad. So, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that is uh, that it's is one of the things. I mean, I have no guarantee. You know, it's uh, it is what I do, and that that's sometimes an added stress level that uh, you have to contend with. Yeah, and th- therein lies the working smarter, not harder. Because I mean, if you, you know, I, I know people who work sixty, seventy hours a week at their own company. And I have to say, you know, so if that's the case, not that they're not working smart. I mean, they might be working smart and hard, which is fine. I'm not disavowing that. But, but I mean, if you really wanted to have control over your own hours, you have to learn how to have a company, how to grow the company, how to delegate, um, and how to pick people. Because reading people is really more important than anything in business if you want to expand. If, you can't, if you're not a people reader and you can't read somebody in, in one meeting and know whether they're throwing you a line or not, your, your company is, is doomed from the beginning. You got to be able to read people and and manage time too, your own time. I mean, sometimes I know I I was watching one show on Bob Talk Radio and this lady gave great advice and I wish I could remember her name. I give her a shout out, but I'll do that later. I'll add that in later. But um, 
you know, she had great advice, and she said that one thing she does is at least, you know, between th- two, three, four days a week, no matter whether she has meetings or not, you know, and, and she has a home office, and, a, and but you have to have a regular a regular office kind of a thing too because you actually, some, some days of the week, you just have to tell you, get in your suit or your whatever people don't wear ties, I guess, anymore, but, you know, get in your get in your go-to-work clothes and get out of the home office and actually go to the, to the work office and, and kind of do it like that because sometimes your time can get away with you if you're doing things and, you know, it's just hard to prioritize when you're – I know you guys have an, an actual office. Did you start out – how did you start? Did you start out in a, in a kind of a back room of your house or um, – yeah, you know, and it's. Uh, um, I, I did uh, originally. Um, I mean, when I when I resigned from the firm I was with, I, uh, um, you know, the, I did not have much of a plan. I mean, that was a little bit of the uh, uh, the rebellious side of me. I, I pretty much decided in the, in the short span of a few weeks I was going to uh, go off on my own. But yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, I, I've done it in the home. That's how I got uh, you know got started. I mean, you got to minimize your overhead out of the gate unless you've got some major right. funding behind you. So. You know, I've done that, and uh, you know there is a pro and a con to that. I mean, you know, it's certainly convenient, but on the flip side, um, the, the two worlds kind of get mixed. And I don't know that that's yeah. always healthy. And uh, you know, I, I like home to be home, and I uh, really try not to work at home. And uh, you know, I try to keep it at the office. And that way, when I go to work, I'm also I'm not distracted by, you know, oh, I could uh, I could go mow the lawn. I'll just take a 20 minute break, and that turns into a two hour break. And <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't done anything, so you know it's. Uh, I, I think it's important to have them uh, separated. But you know, yeah. some people are able to manage that, and uh, you know, and have a, a quote-unquote home office. And you know, I, for me in this business, it's important that uh, uh, my clients that uh, we we we're able to meet somewhere that uh, um, you know is in a professional environment, and uh, you know, it's uh, that. So that that's the other factor that I have to uh, contend with as well. So you're one of these guys that started with, with. I always tell everybody you need you need one of two things. You either need a, a pretty good network once you spin out on your own, like a fantastic network. Let's change that up a little bit. Or, or you have to have either your own money set aside to run the business for a year or two, or you have to have investors. You either need money to put up, or you need to have a network where you can quickly spin it into a customer base. Did you have either one or both of those when you started, or did you start from scratch like so many people I know? Yeah, I had uh, I had a strong network that uh, that I immediately started tapping, and uh, but it was a, there was a caveat there too. I mean, I, I was in the business already, and uh, um, th- it was uh, it, it, it's very uh, delicate when uh, as an investment advisor when you leave a firm. And I mean, I had clients that my uh, the previous firm that um, I wanted to retain as clients, but wow. it's a very uh, delicate rope that uh, you have to walk in this business. And so um, I wasn't a I I pretty much had to have them come back to me. The onus was on them. Otherwise, uh, right. there were you know legalities that were involved if I went to them after um, you know resigning. But uh, so I pretty much, in a lot of ways, I had to go from uh, from zero. But <clears throat> You know, one of the things that uh, um, you know I'd attribute uh, again to uh, to my growing up was just uh, you know was that networking. I probably didn't realize it when I was a kid. I'm sure I didn't. But uh, you know, you just you, you, people. I don't think we realize how many people we really know. And um, you know, and, and I had to dig deep. I started this uh, business uh, two weeks before 9/11, and uh, needless to say, the world came to a screeching halt. And uh, here I was. I mean, I, I did not have the uh, the financial resources to withstand. 
um, you know, I had to build this. And uh, um, so in that environment, that's what I, what I built this business in. And uh, quite frankly, I look back on it, and I don't know how I did it. Um, you know, and I think that's just one of the things that's neat about human nature. You, you have reserves that you don't know you have until you need them, and, and you tap them, <laughs> you find it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, and it's uh, and a lot of that I, I would attribute to to uh, the time in the uh, the nuclear field in the Navy, and um, you know, I mean, going through that uh, that pipeline um, yeah. again, it, it taught you to to, to rely on uh, your own internal reserves and to uh, you know to pull through that and. I think that was a huge part of it as well. Was just uh, getting through that uh, system, you know, gave me, uh, taught me something else about myself. And um, I try to remember that. Sometimes I get a little lazy, but uh, I do try to remember that, uh, you know, what I went through, and that, you know, this is, uh, this should be a walk in the park. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's an excellent point. Whenever you've been through something, you know, when you're young, you go through something so incredibly challenging. It, it really, you don't just learn about fission and physics, you learn a lot about yourself and what you can achieve and, and you know, really you kind of learn that you can do anything you set your mind to at that point in your life. Absolutely. Yep, and I think that's the key. You know, you look at pro athletes, I think it's the same thing. You know, there's uh, right. there's guys that have survived and, you know, pick your league, the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever, that uh, probably were not the best athletes, but they have made a career out of it and it just it comes down to, uh, you know, they, they learned how to uh, how to cope and how to how to pull through, and, you know, I, I don't live my life with regrets, but I look back, you know, I my, I really wanted to play hockey at a higher level, and uh, I look back, knowing what I know today, if I could go back and tell that kid, <laughs> you know, get your head out of your butt, if that's what you want to do, you can do it, but, uh, you know, I, again, I don't live my life with regrets, I, uh, so um, it, was a, it was a great experience, but, um, yeah, it's definitely key, though, is uh, finding those reserves, and, and uh, and tapping them, and uh, I think we can all do so much more than where we're at, and I think that's kind of the key to life, you know, is to uh, get outside our own comfort zones, outside of our own boxes. Yeah, that's awesome, and and that really goes right along with the theme of the show, and that the whole point is really to one inspire people, but two, two to in a way keep keep people in uh, reality as well. Like, yes, you can do anything if you work hard enough, uh, but you you got to pay the bills between those two points. When you start working hard, if you don't have that network, you've absolutely got it. You have if you don't have an investor, you have to save up and you have to you have to be wise about it. So be have the dream, you know, but at the same time, you know, um you got to be realistic as well. And that's that's typically people who have their business like you do and you're growing, your business is flourishing. Almost always they have these basic, you know, tenants that um, I know I can do whatever I want to do, but I know I'm going to have to work hard. I can use this resource and that resource. So you kind of, it's interesting, you kind of had the network, but it, it, your network depended solely on how you treated those people before you left the firm because they had to come back to you. I know what you mean. You probably had a contract. You couldn't call these people. Is that right? right? So, yeah, for the mo- yeah, there's some non-compete. But they don't come see you out, you're in trouble, basically. With, with Pretty much, happens. yep. <laughs> they clearly, you know, they've clearly appreciated you when they were with the other firm. And some of them, you know, enough of them, which is typical in business. If you move on and, and people tend to hunt you down and find out if they like you, they're going to find you again and they're going to say, this guy treated me right. So, you know, I, I'm not... And that's a kind of a, the bad part about doing business, too, because once you do own your business, you know that's how it works. And yep. you're afraid 
you're afraid to have really good people come in because you can look at them the minute they come in the door and say, I'm only going to have him for a year. I'm only going to have that one for two years. This one will hang out for five years even though I only want for two years. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like you're really a catch-22. Once you've been there, you've grown the business. Again, it comes down to judging people. So the only thing you can do if you're a business is if you're a business owner is treat the people who help you get to where you are really, really well. Keep them around as long as possible even if you have to have them be like the first people at Microsoft, and they're, they're, they can also have the ability to become uh, wealthy along with the, the founder and the owner. Because honestly, otherwise, they, they all move on. Everybody moves on. The, the turnaround time in business now is so much smaller than it used to be. So, yeah. Right. I encourage people to train people and to get good people. But, man, you know as well as I do. And sometimes even if they treated you well, you just want to spin out on your own and, and be in in charge of your own destiny, and that's where basically where you're at. Yeah, and it's I, you know, and I I really believe that just about in any business, it's a, a re- everything's a relationship business, and uh, certainly in mine. And uh, you know, the uh, one of the tough things that uh, I've had to do over the years is, uh, uh, is frankly, to prune the business, and uh, and that that did involve letting some clients go, and uh, that's. Uh, that's always a delicate type ro- tight rope, but uh, you know the way I did it. Um, it just my business was going to a point that um, there was a certain clientele that I needed to to really be working with, and I wasn't gonna my uh, my my heart wasn't gonna let me just uh, forgo other people and just let them hang on and, and ignore them. And so instead of you know you go out and you find other people that are in this business. And present the idea to them that hey, I will uh, I'll turn over these these clients to you, and when you do that in the right way, um, it's a win-win for everybody. And, but th- th- that is hard to do, and and you know it just goes back to the relationships. And um, I every client that uh, that I have, I look at as a as a lifelong um, uh, client, whether that's my life or their life. Um, but uh, it's treating people right and doing the right thing. And uh, you know it all comes around full circle. And it really does. So, you know, if you're, uh, needless to say, there are people in this business, as there are in many, that uh, that are that are cutthroat and you know the the shark in the suit and all that fun stuff. But uh, you know, and that'll that'll get you to a certain point. And uh, but you know, after that, what do you have? And, and in my opinion, you don't have anything. And uh, you know, so I've taken a little bit of a slower approach in uh, in building this and. Uh, you know, being with the right people, and uh, and and it's worked out well. I'm I'm pleased. They're, I know my clients very very well, and uh, you know I know what their uh, their goals and their ambitions are, and it's just fun to be uh, to be part of that process with them. That's another uh, another factor that you just hit on right there is, is um, you know, people. First of all, you you hear it all the time. You hear somebody say overnight success story for people, and and it really never is. It was a ten or twelve year overnight success story. It's just that now all of a sudden everybody hears about it. They say, oh, wow, that, that was really fast. The fact is that very few people, almost nobody, I mean, you know, look at the, how many Googles are there. I mean, even right. you know, even Bill Gates, people don't realize this, but Bill Gates was selling nickel and dime software for 10 or 12 years before he started selling the entire package as a disk operating system. And it was not an overnight, in any way, shape, or form overnight success story now he wasn't eating out of dumpsters he was okay but my point is he didn't he didn't get to where he is overnight in any way shape or form and so most people 
who are successful will say, I slowly grew the business. I kept overhead down while I grew the business. I hand-picked, cherry-picked customers. I didn't take everybody that walks through the door because the fact is some customers are not profitable. And that's one thing that if you're going in a business, you have to look at every single customer and say, is this going to be a profitable situation for me as well as the customer? Because if you're not doing things, if the customer thinks you're doing the right thing for them, they're just going to keep moving on and on and on. It's sort of a, another tenant in sales is that the best customer you're ever going to get is the hardest one it was to separate from their last guy because they they do have some degree of, uh, um, you know, they, they'll, they have faith in you. It's very difficult for them to move anywhere else. And in the financial world, I know a lot of times what they do in, in financial businesses is, um, and I don't know what level that they do this at, but I do know for a fact that some financial companies will actually give free financial services to fledgling companies in order to forge a relationship with a lifelong customer. Sure. Kind of as oh, a risk, yeah. uh, risk kind of a thing. Do you do, you do anything like that? Or, or would you... Is that something you know what, that I... Yeah, the uh, my my office is located in uh, in, a, in another small town. I mean, Union, Washington is uh, is smaller than what I grew up in. But I mean, we're we're near a lot of population. But uh, you know, so what I'm getting at is I I've had people uh, just recently that have come in here that um, are asking me advice on something that has nothing to do with what 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 we do. And right. uh, but you know what, I don't I don't turn them away. I mean, what. What is it going to take to sit down with them for 15, 20 minutes? And you know what? Um, no, I'm not getting anything out of that right now. But uh, they'll remember that. And, uh, you know, they will talk. They will tell other people that, you know. And uh, Drew, Drew, I'm sorry. Let me cut you off for about 15 seconds. We're about sure. to go from live streaming. It's going to still be recorded. Drew and I are going to continue to talk about how he grew his company. And everybody remember that Life and Homes is in franchise mode now. They're selling franchises. Companies going to grow like a weed. Lifeandhomes.com. And we got three more seconds, and then we'll just pause here. For... Okay. Okay. Sorry about the interruption there, but uh, this is good no stuff problem. now. Um, let's see, where were you? Um, oh, yes, as far as investing your time in advance in order to potentially gain a lifelong relationship with the business. Uh, right. Yes, no, like I was saying, I've, I've had people come, come in here uh, – you know, with needing advice on something or just whether it was just filling out a form that they, you know, that happened to be financially related but had nothing to do with what we do on the investment side but uh, or just asking advice on something. And, you know, again, what what does it take to, uh, to spend 15, 20 minutes with somebody and uh, and do that? And uh, they, they remember that. Um, you know, if, you're, if your focus is on the penny that's right in front of you right now, um, you're going to miss a ton of them. And... Uh, Right. That down the line, so you know, and I think that is key, you know, and that, uh, um, you know, and I think that's also part of just giving back, you know, um, give back of your time and money. I think that is uh, that is key in uh, in life, not just business, but life in general. So, I think it's a good principle to live by. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the uh, pay it forward kind of a principle, um, which you actually hit on a little earlier as well. Um, you know, just sometimes you do. You know, if you do if you do 20%, of, I guess it's I guess it's like the tithing thing. I don't know if you know about that, but sure. if you spend 20% of your time just kind of giving back to the community and doing things where you're not necessarily going to earn the dime immediately, but guess what? That could be the best referral you've ever had. I've watched guys who I know who are financial guys, and one example, um, 
I, I won't give a lot of details or customer names, or I won't even give his name, even though he might be fine with that. But anyway, he, he's a financial guy, and he uh, he said some of his best customers were people that called him and said, oh, I need to set up a, a single insurance plan or something like that, and it was going to really be, for the amount of time, he was going to make about 10 bucks on the thing, just so he's like, well, whatever, I'll come over and help you out, this and that. And then <laughs> as he digs, he finds out <laughs> he's got a half a million dollar annuities and you know before you know it he's got a lifelong customer only because he offered to help the guy and and believe me smart people for the most part uh, I mean rich yeah. people for the most part are smart so they're not going to tell you what they're worth they're going to say hey come help me with this little widget and if you help them and you, you do it you know just thinking oh, I'm just going to help this person out you never know what's around the other side uh, as far That's as true. the customers even a referral from a, a cousin who's who the heck knows? It can come from anywhere. I, I know I used to work a lot of business shows uh, selling advertising for various companies, and you'd be surprised the, the ones that come through there because you know how a lot of times the business shows that people come through it for free pens and pencils and oh, yeah. <laughs> all the free gadgets and gadgets, and you just, after a while, you're like, oh, man, is there anyone in here who can buy an ad in this thing? And Right. Uh, You'd be surprised how, you know, one person you, you kind of, I don't know, let's just say you make a quick judgment and you're like, okay, hi, how you doing? And then they walk by and then somebody runs up and says, oh, my God, do you know who that was? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yep. oh, I should have grabbed him when I had the chance. <laughs> but, you know. Yep, yep. Some absolutely. of the business is sheer accidental. But, you know, if you're doing the right thing, most people I knew that they just want to do the right thing. They want to they contribute to something. It's not all about the wealth. The wealth will come if you do the right things and if you do the right things often enough um, and, and, and wealth is defined by different people different ways wealth for a lot of people that I know and I've interviewed is just being able to pay the bills and take a couple of vacations a year yep. it's really not you know the control of your own destiny and your own time is really as important or more important to some people as, as the money is but the fact is if you get good enough at it and you own the, the thing you know it's like I always say employee owned companies are are phenomenal because everybody feels like they have a stake and they're a little less likely to go to jump to the next company. Right. That is so true. Yep. And, and you're right. I mean, success is, uh, is however each individual defines it. I mean, it's some people measure it by money. Other people measure it by the, the quality of their life with uh, their family. And, uh, you know, so whatever that is for, uh, an individual, you know, go get yeah. it. And, uh, could be and, a big boat for one guy. Could be a big house for the next guy. Okay. You know, it's all yeah, for somebody can just be uh, it could be you know the the, the ranch home that they're uh, that they're content in and uh, they're not stretched thin. And there's a lot to be said for that, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, if you can be content, um, yeah. So I mean, if you make if you make everything about the money, it's gonna it's gonna be harder. You definitely have to make it about doing the right thing, helping people, being control of your own destiny. And then after that, you know, as long as long as you're not crazy and you're not undercutting yourself constantly, which is another factor which people lose money with, they they don't price themselves properly, which is hard to do. Um, right. Pricing yourself and marketing yourself are always challenging for a lot of people, no matter how talented you are at, you know, say you're a coder, a computer programmer, they're notorious for undercutting themselves because they want everybody to see their widgets and they're giving them out free all over the place and they never make any money, some of them. Um, I do know a guy though that built an app, and he made. I, from what I heard, he made a half a million dollars selling an app for like two dollars through the iTunes and the iPod thing. Nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he didn't have to do the marketing. He found a gig where somebody else marketed it for him, and, and boom, he was in. Yep. It is possible. Mm-hmm. Everything's possible. It sure is. Well, hey, you know what, Drew? I appreciate your time. Uh, I'll let you go. I know you got to get back to work, and I know i, I got to tell everyone real quick. Drew, I was afraid you, Drew was going to be ready to strangle me by the time <laughs> we got on the show because I had to reschedule it so many times. But No, I that's all right. Time. I understand. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, so, hey, I appreciate, the, I appreciate the time, Rob. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, give your web address and your, and your phone number and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Falcon Financial, our, uh, uh, their, um, excuse me, our web address is uh, www.falconportfolios.com, and our phone number is 360-898-1199. Cool. All right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your time, and once again, thanks for your service, and we're going to do a whole series on these military things, so tune in later, all right? Will do, and I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.